Welcome, friend. Thank you for joining us today. I'm evangelist Micah McCurry, and it's my distinct pleasure, as I alluded to yesterday, to reintroduce to you the founder of this ministry. And I'm not going to tell you my opinions or my thoughts about the man. I'm going to let him speak to you in his own words. How are we going to do that? Well, we're looking through this week on the broadcast the newsletter, our bulletin that we put out each quarter from right here at Bible Tracks Incorporated here in Central Illinois. And this year in this bulletin, the Lord laid on my heart this thought. I'd like to go back and take a few articles from Dr. Paul's legacy. Dr. Paul Levine, our founder here at BTI, we went back into some old newsletters and we used them in our current bulletin. Of course, the purpose of the bulletin is to update our donors and people that care about our ministry about what God is doing here. But the special emphasis for this year, I believe, in the bulletins, or at least as the Lord has led me, is our legacy. And later on this week, and maybe a little bit today, we're going to get into what God is doing. But let's jump in right now to this article we're calling The Founder's Pen. And just for your information, the following article that I'll read for you by our founder, evangelist Paul Levine, was taken from the January 1970 Bible Tracks Incorporated newsletter. Let me ask you real quick, where were you in 1970? Think about that for just a moment. It feels like a while ago for some. Maybe it feels like just yesterday for others of our listeners. Regardless of where the Lord had you in 1970, maybe some of you were not even a twinkle in your parents' eye quite yet. Regardless, though, let's listen in right now to this article entitled, Do Tracts Pay? Do tracks pay? What does he mean by that? Let's find out. A lady who attends a weekly Bible school wrote to us recently, Dr. Paul says. In one class, the lady writes, the subject of witnessing and gospel tracks came up. So I gave my testimony of how I was saved at the age of 14 because of a tract given to me two years before. This lady is recounting her salvation testimony. But here's what happens. The minister who taught that class said, I must have heard the word sometime before reading the tract because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the preaching of the word, meaning he did not think gospel tracts were profitable. I had been told by a pastor's wife that tracts were just a waste of money. I recently heard another speak along that line. I know, though, the value of tracts because of what they have done in my life, this lady finishes her letter. Dr. Paul picks back up and says testimonies such as this lady's could be multiplied over and over again. If you have any doubts about whether tract distribution pays, ask John Musser, businessman of Chicago, who was saved through the message of our new birth tract. He found the tract in a tract rack in the Englewood Railroad Station in South Chicago. Let me, Dr. Paul says, give you my own testimony. I never did understand that we could have the assurance of salvation through the word until after I had been preaching nearly five years. Until that time, I thought it was a matter of feeling. You see, when I felt good, I was quite sure of my salvation. But the trouble was, I didn't always feel good. 
Sometimes I felt homesick, blue and discouraged. How did I learn the truth of the certainty of salvation? I didn't hear it. I read it in the little tract given to me by Dr. McCarroll in Cicero, Illinois. Yes, the Bible says, How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? That's Romans 10.14. And faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10.17. However, if this means that the only way people can be saved is to, quote-unquote, hear the gospel by literally hearing it with the ear, then how could the deaf be saved, since it is impossible for them to hear? But... Deaf friends of mine are now being saved by the hundreds. How do they hear the gospel? They hear the gospel by seeing it. They see the gospel when they watch another person giving it to them in sign language. Or they see it when they watch another's lips as they lip read. Or they see the gospel as they read it in print. Thus, the deaf hear by seeing. It is hard for me. I want you to get this quote by Dr. Paul. It is hard for me to understand why preachers would dampen the soul-winning fervor that a tract distributor has by telling them that tracts don't pay. Yes, thank God. We know that tract distribution pays not only overseas on foreign soil, but also here in America. I agree with the writer of the letter quoted above who also said, I would like to encourage every Christian I know to be a tract user. Reader, do you use tracts? If not, why not? Were you saved through the reading of a gospel tract? Or do you know someone who was? Please write and tell us about it. He finishes his article out by saying, A wonderful 1970 to you. Gratefully, Paul Levine. You can almost feel the heart that this man had, not only for the gospel, but also encouraging fellow Christians like you and me to use the tools that are available to us through the ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. What a convicting thought and question there at the very end. This lady said, I would like to encourage every Christian I know to be a tract user. And then Dr. Paul asks, reader, listener right now, do you use tracts? If not, why not? What is the reason that you don't? Is it your thought, your philosophy or idea that tracks don't pay, meaning that they are worthless, that you'll never see a return on your investment of time? Well, we just heard from Dr. Paul that that's obviously not true, and we've given countless stories on this radio broadcast of people that have come to know Christ, testimonies of salvation due to gospel tracks. But let me ask you, friend, Do you use gospel tracts? If you don't, then at this precise moment, you're kind of left without any excuse because at BibleTracksInc.org, that gospel tract that Dr. Paul referenced, The New Birth, that he wrote 80-something years ago, that is still going gangbusters today, people are still using, using by the hundreds of thousands, and people are getting saved still this year because of that gospel tract, You can get that and 39 or 40 other titles from us for free. We'd love to send them to you. BibleTracksInc.org is a vast repository of all sorts of options for you to find the tools you need to tell others about Christ. 
understand that if you would consider yourself an introvert, maybe you'd say, uh, I, I don't really like to talk to people. Gospel tracts are a tool that can be left for others to read. Maybe the next time you visit a public restroom, maybe you'd like to leave one on the counter as you walk out. You say, hold up, maybe someone will throw that gospel tract away. Can I tell you, friend? You won't know unless you leave it. You may never know until eternity what God does with that gospel tract. Let me share an anecdote with you that I don't know that I've shared on this broadcast before. Years ago, there was a pastor that used gospel tracts uh, effectively and often. And when he found himself in a situation, as I just mentioned, in a public restroom, he would go and leave a gospel tract, not just in the stall or spot that he was actually using. And please understand, I'm trying to be as tactful as possible, but I think you'll understand the importance of the placement and the geographical location that we're talking about in just a moment here. But he would leave one in every stall in that bathroom. Of course, he would wash his hands and then he'd leave a gospel tract with his church information, his information on it, uh, customized, as I mentioned yesterday, that was something that we now have the option for here at Bible Tracks Incorporated, but he'd leave a gospel track on every commode there. And he was going about his business one day. He had to make a hospital visit. And so he made a visit with a sick church member, one that was under the weather dealing with some things, and talked to them there, prayed with them, and then had to use the facilities on his way out, maybe the fifth or fourth floor there of that hospital, did what he normally did, and left a gospel track after he washed his hands and took care of business there, and he left the hospital, didn't think anything more of it. That evening, I should say the next morning, at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, his phone rings. On the other end of the line, someone says, this is officer so-and-so, a police officer, calling him in the middle of the night. and says, I have a gentleman, the police officer says, I have someone here that desperately needs to speak with you. And the pastor, of course, was kind of shocked awake by the fact that this was a police officer and was trying to gather his wits and was saying, hold on, why, why are you calling me? And the police officer said, I don't have a whole lot of information. All I know is I have someone here that desperately needs to speak with you. They're asking for you. He said, all right. Well, he clambers out of bed and he tries to get his hair looking moderately nice and put some clothes on and, and, and get ready to go out into the world, even though it's uh, one o'clock in the morning, gets into his car. He drives back over. He was given the address of that hospital that he had been in. That's where the police officer was with a person that wanted to talk to him. And so he gets to the hospital and he walks into a room. He was given the room number, of course, and on the fifth floor there. And there's a man sitting on the bed, cross-legged, just almost shivering, clutching a gospel tract to his chest. And here's the account that the man that was sitting there in that bed gives to that pastor about what happened to him. He said, I'm a prisoner. That's the reason there's a police officer right outside the room right now. I'm a prisoner at the local jail, the prison, and I hatched a plan. My life has gone off the rails. I look like I'll be in prison for many, many years. I decided to end it all. I wanted to commit suicide, but it's difficult because of the rules and things in prison for me to get the necessary implements to even make that possible. And so I hatched a plan with a friend of mine that was on the outside, someone that was not in prison, 
a drug dealer friend of mine, and I told him, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to feign sickness. I'm going to act like I'm sick. I'm going to force myself to get sick so that I end up getting taken to the hospital. And they always take them to this certain floor at the hospital. What I want you to do is leave enough drugs in one of the trash cans in that uh, the bathroom on that floor, and I'm going to figure out how to get there so that I can take those drugs, overdose, and die. I reached down, Pastor, into that trash can, and my hand came out with a gospel track. Can you tell me about this Jesus who loves me? Paul Levine asked in 1970, do gospel tracks pay? Yes, they do. We're going to talk about how gospel tracks have paid at Bible Tracks Incorporated over the last 80 years as we continue in this week of broadcasts. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.